0: You're about to listen to an episode from Modus, the family con, where we dig into how an unknown company became one of the most infamous cases of pandemic profiteering in the world. Intrigued? Get updates on the latest episode releases by following Modus wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It is a scientific fact that the wearing of both mask and face shields contribute substantially to the reduction of uh, COVID-19 cases. So right now, parang walang kinakailangan ng compromise because it is a scientific fact na nakakatulong po ang pagsusoot ng face shield.
2: And that was former presidential spokesperson, Dr. Sorry, Attorney Harry Roque, who's also probably everyone's favorite sexy dancer from the campaign trail. He was talking about our favorite accessory of 2020. That's right, you're listening to Modus the Farmally Con, and I'm your host, Lourdes Vera. And we're still on the story of how a little company with big ambitions, and even bigger friends in high places, became the center of the Philippines' pandemic scandal. In this episode, we look at two things that have come to symbolize the waste and the greed, the face shield and the Lamborghini, and the Porsche probably. Modus DeFarmalicon is a Puma podcast production made possible by International Media Support. Have you considered discontinuing the use of face shields? Because uh, until now, there are no scientific uh, studies proving that the efficacy of um, the face shields. I think we're the only country in the world that is mandating the use of face shields. That was Senate President Tito Soto grilling Health Secretary Francisco Duque III. By then, it was June 2021, about a year and three months into the pandemic. Administration officials were still insisting that there's scientific basis for wearing plastic against COVID-19. Okay, so to be fair about face shields, we weren't the only country to use them. In the early days of COVID-19, when we were all disinfecting our groceries and just about nuking every possible surface, we did not know what really works. The science was still vague, so the face shield was added to our arsenal. Just in case lang nawan hindi ba? But the Philippines was certainly the only country with a face shield mandate for the entire population for close to a year. In other countries, they were only used by hospital workers, medical personnel. Here, you couldn't even step foot inside any establishment, even if it was just a quick errand, let's say to the drugstore, without a face shield. Even very young children would get turned away. All this, even though there was mounting evidence that the virus was airborne. In other words, plastic was not much of a deterrent. In the end, we were forced to wear face shields from mid-2020 and for most of 2021. The irony is, in that period of time, the Philippines repeatedly ranked among the world's worst places to be in during the pandemic due to persistent spikes in infection. But what we would learn later on that there was actually a reason why government was so insistent about the Filipino populace using face shields.
1: Common sense dictates that we preserve the money of the government. And how did we preserve the the money of the government? We did not pay a single centavo to the supplier until they delivered. That is the highest safeguard that we can do for the country. They delivered (laughs) Christ.
2: Remember that soundbite from episode 2? That was former PSDBM Undersecretary Lloyd Christopher Lau whose signature appears in all the family contracts. di ngayon ng mayabang. In fact, during this spirited defense, he was wagging his fingers at the senators like a teacher lecturing to really dumb preschoolers. But the thing is, he did not preserve the money of the government. In fact, it was otherwise. Remember, Farley was just a reseller, which means they were getting their supplies from someone else. In the Senate hearings, I identified two of them: Tiger Phil Marketing and Green Trends. Turns out, ito yung proseso nila. Step one. Green Trends sells face masks to Tiger Phil for 18 pesos. Step 2, Tiger Phil sells the masks to Farmily for 23 pesos and 90 cents. Step 3, Farmily sells the face masks to Lau and the PSDBM for 27 pesos and 72 cents. Okay, parang hindi naman yata masama, ba? It's just a small profit per unit. But, repeat that 500,000 times just for this one order. And you get... Tigerfield
1: profited for 2.95 million and formerly profited for 1.9 million. Oh, so, Kung tama yung computation na yan, pero yan ang lumalabas sa computation namin. So talagang uh, naglulukaw ang Tigerito. Lugi ang gobyerno, di ba?
2: So, both suppliers earned a combined 5 million pesos. And that's just on their very first contract. Senator Risa Onteveros also discovered one more thing. Farmily actually charged government higher than what was printed on their price list.
0: a so face shield, dito po sa Farmily price list, 95 pesos to 109 pesos per piece compared to the 179 pesos and 20 centavos Per unit doon sa purchase order
2: that's a difference of between seventy to 84 pesos per face shield
0: mas mahal ang presyo na sinisingil niyo sa gobierno kumpara dito sa price list which you gave around the same time sa mga private sector friends niyo
2: and that goes for other medical supplies like infrared thermometers sa price catalog ng formally up to 2,200 pesos lang per piece. But the purchase order showed that they sold them to the government at 3,200 pesos per piece. Wow! 1,000 pesos per unit ang tubo. Sa medical goggles, ganun din.
0: Habang hirap na hirap yung mga frontliners, yung iniisip pa ng formally yung iniisip nyo, Kumita! <laughs>
2: But wait, there's more. It wasn't just that Farmly milked the government stupid. Here's testimony from a whistleblower who worked for Farmly.
1: Nire-repak po namin siya, tinakanggal namin siya ng mga certificate na expired din. Papilitan po namin siya ng bagong certificate na nakalagay expiration year from expired year na to 2020. Sobrang standard po ng mga patients na ginagawa namin. Although, kahit po puro yung pinapusakit, kung may mga dumi, may mga mandumi,
2: pinapare-papare sa amin kami yun. These face shields, he said, were meant for health workers, especially those in public hospitals.
1: May yeah, alagyan po namin siya ng sticker na Philippine Government Property. Ano uh, halagyan po doon,
2: Department of Health. It's one thing to be profiteering during a pandemic, but these were PPEs that would be given to frontliners. The people who were literally risking their lives day in and day out and saving us from an unseen enemy. And we all paid for those face shields, both straight out of our pockets and through taxes. And we'll never know if they saved additional lives but they certainly made some people very very wealthy. Question. You ever find money in a pocket that you forgot was there? Sayano. Eh paano 'yun kung kotse? Biglang ando na lang. Well, if you're with family, it could happen to you. Here's Rose Lin one of its shareholders. According to Lynn, a Lexus worth 8.8 million pesos just magically appeared in her garage one day. Biglang may sasakyan, biglang wala. Magic to make David Blaine shit his pants. And investigations by Senator Gordon's team also confirmed that Lynn owns not one but two homes in Forbes Park where the 1% in the Philippines live. Well, that as well as several other luxury cars. See, si Rose Lynn is, as of the writing of this podcast, is Candidate Lin vying for a Congressional seat for the 5th District of Quezon City. She's a busy woman, and not only is she involved somehow informally, but Rose Nono Lin is an incorporator or officer of seven companies owned by… drumroll please! You guessed it, Michael Yang. Our backer, the star of episode 3. Of those seven companies owned by Yang, Lin is president of 3. Not bad for someone who started out as a hotel receptionist, right? And despite being embroiled in the family scandal, she campaigned as Ate Rose. Her very active YouTube channel yields gems like this.
0: Sa pagmamahal at tiwala na binigay po ninyo sa akin, abangan po ninyo ang sorpresa na ihahandog ko sa mga bahay po ninyo.
2: She promises suklit or change for supporting her candidacy. The videos have her staff showing up to people's homes with sacks of rice, bread, and other basic goods. I suppose it's a surprise, but nothing as surprising as a Lexus in your garage. luxury cars. What do you buy when you want to tell the world that you've really made it, right? So after they made a killing on their first contracts, Mohit Dargani, one of the family co-founders, bought a red-hot Porsche for himself.
0: I only have a Porsche Turbo S that's up for sale.
2: Only a Porsche. Mm-hmm. Sa guy it's a lot cheaper than what he bought next. A blue Osteos Lamborghini Uros, for his sister, Twinkle Dargani, who served as the president of the company. Well, if you've never bought one before, how dare you? Let us educate you.
0: Every single Lamborghini vehicle built at the company's two factories, the only Lamborghini factories in the world, is pre-sold. Lamborghini dealerships own the vehicle seen in showrooms, and if you want one, be prepared to wait 6 to 12 months. With the Urus, the company's $200,000 SUV that debuted earlier this year, the wait time is closer to two years.
2: In other words, you cannot just walk into a showroom and drive away with one, you know? You're either a VVIP who got on the list very early, or you pay extra to get it on the resale market. Which is exactly what Mohit did. Earlier, you heard what the retail price of a Lambo Uros is roughly 10 million pesos. But he paid...
0: I think I paid around 18 million for the car. Only 18 million.
2: Again, that word, only. I guess by this time, Mohit wasn't counting millions anymore. So anyway, where did he get a Lambo Uros so quick?
0: Sir, I just saw the post online. Um, it was being sold by a Korean um, national. It was a Facebook post.
2: Wow, an 18 million fucking peso secondhand car off of fucking Facebook. And all along, we thought the stuff you could just buy on Facebook are just, I don't know, cheap motorcycle helmets and fake hype beast sneakers. And then, of course, there's Lincoln Ong the third family co-founder. Hmm, magpapatalo ba naman to? Lincoln purchased a silver 2021 Porsche Carrera worth 13.5 million pesos in May 2021. Although to be fair to him, records show that he was already wealthy enough to have owned a Porsche Cayenne from 2019. Among the three founders, that's more than 40 million pesos in luxury cars alone. Purchased, while many of us especially medical frontliners had to literally walk for miles in the dead of morning to work because there was zero public transportation and all this while we were all suffering wearing those stupid plastic barriers on our faces you see it now Every time you wore a face shield, that was corruption in your face. Literally. What
0: were you before? Uh, I was just um, doing projects on the side if I can. I was really more on a, um, invested in stocks, the stock market. That's really what I was um, doing. And if there's any projects that I can do, then I would act as a project manager. So in other words, you're a big-time investor. You make it sound like you're big. Mr. Chairman, this doesn't mean that you are big-time by investing in stocks. We've been painted as liars, plunderers, scammers, smugglers. Uh, what do you call it? They
1: won. You, you mean to tell me you got your cars just like that? While everybody's suffering, you got a nice car, you give it to your sister as a gift? You don't even pay your taxes? How do I picture that?
2: What Senator Gordon was trying to picture was, before the pandemic, Mohit Dargani and his co-founders were small fish. Mohit and his sister Twinkle are part of an extended Indian family that has various businesses in the Philippines. But it was the cousins and uncles who often appeared in the society pages, not them. Twinkle was a real estate broker with listings still up on Zipmatch but she comes across as demure. Throughout the hearings, it would emerge that she didn't really have that much involvement in the day-to-day operations of Parmali and was merely president on paper. Mohit, on the other hand, would appear like he had something to hide. He often mumbled or fidgeted in his seat and times turned emotional. As the hearings went on, he would grow more disheveled like he had had a good night's sleep in a long, long time. At one point, he even cried openly.
0: Right now, when we were together, even though we were together, we couldn't we couldn't be safe. We were not safe with each other. We always had to be in hiding, moving from one place to another place.
2: This isn't some hardened criminal. or someone used to doing multi-billion peso deals. In fact, we would also learn... He's quite romantic. Mohit's girlfriend, Sofia Custodio, was a fight attendant. She lost her job because of the pandemic. and Mohit, being the guy that he is, tried to pile on the frequent flyer miles to her girlish little heart by putting up a one-person corporation called Business Beyond Limits or BBL. The company was registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission on June 18, 2020. Imagine that's just three months after the very first lockdown happened. Remember what we told you in episode 2 about how hard it is to start a business in the Philippines? Ninety-five place ngatayo out of 190 countries sa ease of doing business report ng World Bank. But I guess ang motto ng Farmily is, if there's a will, there's a way. Especially if that way includes important friends from Davao. And true enough, in 2021, the Department of Health awarded a contract to the joint venture of BBL and Faramaly for 2 million pieces of face shields worth 37.9 million pesos. Panis ang love at 30,000 feet ni Jose Marichan. Chan. Business Beyond Limits was founded with the capitalization of 10 million pesos. Here, Senator Gordon again asking Mohit Dargani if he helped fund his girlfriend's company.
0: No, Mr. Chairman, I did not give 10 million pesos to my girlfriend. I did not give her any money. Because
1: of your love for this uh, young woman, and I hope your love is pure, you set her up very, very nicely in a nice uh, office building and uh, set her up in business which is good because at least they won't be working for anybody
0: anymore and they got a nice contract for half a billion miss sophia was um a full-time flight attendant but as we know that the air industry has gone down and a lot of them were retrenched she was one of them so as a friend, and before we became together, um, I just offered her if we want to do business together. Um, the best idea at that time was to put up an OPC. Why did you have to have a joint venture if money was doing well enough by itself? As mentioned um, previously, I said that we wanted to give um, credentials to BBL. It's more of a cooperation between these, the two companies.
1: No, you did it because you were in love with this girl and you wanted to give her a chance in life,
2: correct? Come on, be honest at least. Yeah, I'm in love with her. Knox, lover boy. But when not wearing his heart on his sleeve, Mohit the lover boy would stonewall the senators and refuse to answer even simple questions about business. And so finally, Mohit Dargani was cited in contempt and ordered arrested at his home or wherever he was doing Zoom
1: this guy should be detained by the senate for as long as he refuses to answer our questions let me talk to our legal
0: counsels again Your go honest. ahead
1: we just want to detain you until you tell the filipino people through this committee what is the truth so can we request the sergeant at arms to look for mr dargani right now and bring him uh, to the senate premises until he answers our questions the, the, the orders have been yeah, made Uh, And I said, collect them right away. Together with uh, uh, Twinkle Dargani. Yes, the same order was given.
2: Your Honor, Mr. Dargani has left the room. Yes, Dargani has left the building. And that's what we would call a mo hit and run. And the chase was on. And all because these young farmally lads could not wait for the smoke to clear first before getting their new expensive toys. You've been listening to Modus, the Farmally Con. This has been your host, Lourdes Vera. In this episode was written by Carl-Jo Javier with Lourdes Vera and edited by Regina Lay. Research from Carl-Jo Javier, Regina Lay, Trisha Aquino, and Izzy Lee. Audio editing by Mark Casilian. Modus de Farmalicon is a Puma podcast production made possible by international media support. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And if you like what you heard, please share it with a friend.